Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Happy Halloween, freaks. Welcome to the bonus edition of the uh, Halloween special. I think Halloween always deserves a bonus. It certainly does. It's my favorite holiday. And uh, this year, because we had so many great entries from around the world, uh, we uh, thought, geez, let's do two. What the heck? Absolutely. And we've received uh, stories from uh, the Philippines, from New Zealand, Zealand, from uh, Ireland, from Canada, uh, Fiji. Crazy. Just the amount of emails that we combed through if we did not if you sent a a story and we did not get it on one of these episodes we're terribly sorry yeah we're doing the best we can (laughs) (laughs) we wanted to start out with uh, a story that comes from a good friend of ours who is also a legendary podcaster hey cat and jethro jim harold here from jim harold's campfire and thank you for inviting me on the program to share one of my favorite Halloween stories or spooky stories from our campfire show. And the thing is, is that this one goes way back in the archives to 2009. And in fact, it is the first story in my first campfire book, of which there are five. And it's called, Would You Like a Spot of Tea? And I'll be reading it from the perspective of Dave from the United Kingdom. And this, I love this story. So no British accent, but here goes. The thing is, this is kind of a secondhand story. My partner, Paula, and her family, well, they describe themselves as spooky. You sometimes meet people who have paranormal stories, and they've got like one paranormal story, and then you get a person to whom this happens on a monthly basis. Paula's whole family is like that. I'm convinced that whatever experience a person sees is as much about him or her as it is about the experience. Her family is willing to see whatever it is that exists as part of the other world. 
And I'm sure that whatever it is, it must be hereditary as well because I meet so many people whose whole family has had these experiences. And my partner's family, they're into paranormal experiences. Paula's mom's experience is the most amazing I think I've ever heard. She often has small medical procedures, so she's not particularly well. She goes into the National Health Service every now and again. She lives in a place called Low Hill next to Liverpool, and she was in this NHS ward after an operation with lots of other people there. They were all asleep, and she was up quite late, just not being able to go to sleep. A nurse came around and talked to her for a few minutes and asked if she was okay and asked her if she wanted a cup of tea. At this point, she said yes, she did want a cup of tea. Now, there was something about this nurse that seemed quite odd, but she couldn't put her finger on it at the time. The nurse went away and she didn't come back for ages. Actually, I think it was about an hour before she came back with the cup of tea. And by then, Paula's mom had realized what was strange. The nurse had uh, an old-fashioned uniform on. Paula's mom asked her, what's the deal with the old uniform? The nurse apparently just smiled at her and walked away. The next morning, Paula's mom checked into the nurses that were on duty that night. There was only one on duty that evening, and it hadn't been the one in an old-fashioned uniform. Paula's mom became more and more convinced that she'd actually seen a ghost. Now, these things happen to her quite a lot. Spooky things. She sees psychics a lot, and this one particular psychic sees her. So she asked this guy about the experience. She described what happened, and he did whatever psychics do, and he said that he was getting a name. The name was Lily. So the next time Paula's mom went into the hospital for another small operation... She engaged one of the nurses in a conversation about the goings-on in this hospital. And she told the nurse that she felt she had had an experience when she was at a previous visit. So the nurse asked, what happened? Paula's mom described it and which ward it was. The nurse said, oh, that would have been Lily. It turns out she was the resident ghost at that facility. I think they had a bit of a discussion, but again, I'm getting the second hand. People who worked at the hospital apparently had done some research because lots of people had seen Lily. She'd never frightened anybody. She'd gone around and sort of just asked people if they needed any help and if they wanted a cup of tea. Now, whether she made all of these people cups of tea, I'm not quite sure. You know, we've all heard of a ghost talking to people, but never preparing food that I've heard of. I said to her, you should have tried to push it as far as you could go. Try to get a latte or something. And that's Dave's story from the United Kingdom about Lily, the ghost nurse. And I love stories like that and love doing them on the campfire. And I love appearing on the show with Kat and Jethro. We tried to connect this year live and we couldn't. Just too much going on. But I'm so glad that I was able to spend some time with you virtually. Happy Halloween, Cat and Jethro, and happy Halloween to all you oddballs out there. I mean that in the most loving way. Thanks for listening to this story. And stay spooky. I totally believe that. I totally do. Some of those hospitals, especially older ones, there's just so much residual 
paranormal activity. Yeah, and you've had some interesting hospital oh experiences, so I can definitely see how you'd be like, yep, absolutely, 100%, 100%, no doubt. 100%, yeah. When I was uh, six years old, I was in a, I went in, I had a seizure, went into a coma, and uh, they had me at Boston Children's Hospital in the uh, intensive care ward. Is that when the man stepped out yep. of the door? <laughs> yeah. My bed in my room faced the door to the bathroom, and it was wood grain, but the, the grain of the wood looked like the outline of a of a person mm -hmm. and one night it materialized and stepped out of the door and came over and stood by my bed was he administering <laughs> fluids no <laughs> no i don't know what he was doing it was weird it, it he looked yeah, it sounds pretty weird <laughs> he he looked like um i don't know wait was he wearing a hat he was wearing a robe Oh yeah, but <laughs> oh, I didn't. That's I got weird. I wasn't. I wasn't afraid. It was. It was. I think I should have been. Yeah, absolutely. But but I was if not. If any man in a robe approaches your bed, just <laughs> yeah. you should be weirded out. <laughs> I, I still don't know what happened at that time. Whether it was maybe some medications they had given me, mm -hmm. or I don't know. But it was real as hell to a six-year-old. Our next story comes from Kelly. About twenty-five years ago. I was living in a house with a few other people. My room was in the basement, and this house was known to us to have a lot of unusual noises. Footsteps were known to be heard, kitchen cabinets opening and closing. So this particular night, I had said goodbye to everybody as they left. They were all out for the evening. The only other creature in the house was the cat, and she and I were downstairs and we were in bed. I just turned the lights out and turned over and I heard some footsteps start above me. Again, this was kind of normal. There was usually only a few and then the noise would stop. This night, however, was different for some reason. The footsteps continued through the kitchen to the top of the stairs that came to the basement. Also at the top of those stairs was the door to the outside. And there was a light outside the door. In the evenings when somebody would either come to the back door or even come just to the top of the stairs to come down, a shadow was always visible. And nearly every single time I could tell exactly who it was that was casting the shadow. This evening, the footsteps made it to the top of the stairs the light was on from outside, but I could see that there was no shadow being cast down the stairs. Then the footsteps started coming down the stairs. By this point, I was frozen because they were getting louder. They were becoming much more clear. And by the time it reached the bottom step, I heard the footsteps land on the bottom and it was very audible like it was two bare feet stepping onto the ceramic tile. By now, I'm completely frozen in fear. My cat, who had been sleeping soundly, had woken up and had fluffed up to three times her normal size and was starting to growl very softly to herself. She and I both were staring directly out the door at the bottom of the stairs. Then the footsteps started coming towards my room. 
It was 10 distinct steps, barefoot, on ceramic tile, and there was not a person or anything visible to the naked eye. The steps ended about four feet away from me at the threshold to the bedroom. At this point, all I am doing is hoping that whatever it is, is over, it's done with, and I started to breathe. But the cat was still very visibly upset and started staring in the corners of the bedroom. And about 30 seconds after the footsteps had stopped, the sheets from my bed were pulled off from behind me. They were pulled about two feet off my body and off to the floor. And at this point, the cat and I took off racing up the stairs. I'm pretty sure I beat her. And we wound up sitting in the living room with all the lights on until everybody else got home, to which I checked with everybody to see if they'd ever had that sort of experience before. And everybody said that no, they'd never had anything like that. They'd only ever heard the footsteps or the banging of the cabinets or found cabinet doors open or closed. I moved out of that house as soon as I could and moved directly into another house that gave me just as many stories, but never anything as terrifying as that night. <sighs> One of your biggest fears, besides, I mean, when you see like movies where demons scurry up the wall and hide in the corner on the mm -hmm. ceiling, those, those types of things really bother you. Also, the idea of somebody pulling your bed sheets off while you sleep. Well, you're constantly pulling my bed sheets <laughs> off. Um, so I guess I should be used to it uh, by now. Maybe I've desensitized you. <laughs> at this point. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids and they live about 3,000 miles away and my daughter is expecting a child and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer this message is sponsored by green light you know as your kids get older there are some things about parenting that gets easier i remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece if you put your pants on i'll give you some fresca and when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right it's a lot easier to manage them 
Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Our next story comes from the Philippines. Hey, Kat and Jethro, fellow freak here. Your podcast healed my cat. Thank you so much for reading my email. Gave me goosebumps while I was listening to it. I never thought you would read it. And now I want to share with you my paranormal experiences. Because even at a young age, I was already exposed to the paranormal. My nanny, who comes from a place here in the Philippines steeped in mystery and superstition, always told me bedtime stories involving creatures only found in our country. We have our version of witches that can cause sickness. They curse you, basically, and you get sick and you have to go to what they call albularios who then give you potions and pray over you and hopefully break that curse so that you are not sick anymore it's a whole deal we even have women here who grow wings on the full moon and leave their legs on the ground while they fly in search of their next victim they are called manananggals and i've never seen one but i don't ever want to see one (laughs) I can go on and on about local folklore, but it's the ghost stories I love the best. My nanny always told me I had the gift of attracting the paranormal. As a young child, that was, what was I to make of this declaration? I listened to her stories and went to sleep having nightmares, but I always thought it was all in good fun. Only when I got older did I begin to understand what she'd meant about attracting the paranormal. And I honestly don't call it a gift. My first encounter with the paranormal was in high school. A beloved family friend of ours died and at the time, I knew very little about the concept of death but I did mourn his passing and I didn't expect him to visit me in my dreams a week after his burial. Some call this the visitation 
And since we were close, I didn't think much of seeing him in all white standing beside outside the house that I lived in at the time. He waved at me, a smile on his face. Then he went into the house and disappeared. My second paranormal experience happened when I was home alone. My parents had gone to the market and I was lying in bed upstairs thinking of watching television to pass the time. The grandfather clock in the living room chimed five times. At the last chime, the scent of flowers filled the room that I was in. It was the sweetest of smells. Instead of feeling fear, I felt a sense of comfort. I stood from the bed to investigate where the scent was coming from. I thought my mother had returned from the market, but then again, she didn't wear floral perfumes. She wore more musky perfumes. But I called down the stairs anyway, but there was no answer. I searched the whole house, but soon I realized the scent was only coming from this one room that I was in at the time. When I told my mother about this, she asked me to describe the scent. I recalled it as best as I could. And when I finished, she said it was the perfume of her grandmother. And since she grew up with my grandmother, my great-grandmother at the time, so she knows the smell well. She told me it must have been my great-grandmother checking up on me. And every every year since, on November 1, at 5 p.m., no matter where I am, I get a whiff of her perfume. So because of that, I light a candle in her honor since November 1 in the Philippines is considered All Souls Day. My last paranormal experience happened earlier this year. They say dogs see what we don't. And I believe this because when we had a dog, he followed me everywhere, especially to my room where he loved to hang out. One night, I climbed the stairs with him at my heels. Once we reached the hallway that led to my room, he stopped at the entrance while I stood by my door. My dog sat down and began barking. Not the straight kind of barking. He would bark, then pause a beat, then bark again. Looking beyond where I stood, at the dark corner of the hallway where the light doesn't seem to reach, I called my dog's name, asked him to come. I even had my room door open already so that he would go in and he just kept barking at whatever was beyond me a chill raced down my spine which led me to run to my dog pick him up and then we went to my room and that's the only time that he stopped barking months later i was just about to fall asleep when i felt the presence of someone in my room i opened my eyes and reached for the lamp i switched the light on and there was nothing there i turned off the light and went back to sleep the next light same thing happened this continued for about three more nights and by the end of the week i was convinced someone was in my room watching me sleep one particular night i was already half asleep when the corner of my bed jerked like someone was passing by and had stubbed their toe on it i bolted upright flicked on the light and like before there was no one there you have to understand my bed is really heavy and it takes a great amount of force to move it even to just jerk a corner of it takes a lot of strength and since then i can't sleep with a fully dark room i have to have at least uh, one lamp open uh, even if it's just a dim lamp uh, so that i will be able to go to sleep all right i have more stories to share but i will leave it at that thank you so much for your podcast thank you so much for what you do you bring light into our freakdom and i appreciate that and twix appreciates that also thank you
Sounds like she comes from an area where uh, there's a lot of paranormal activity. Certainly, there's a lot of folklore there. Um, next to having the covers pulled off me, having my bed jerked out from under me. That's one of my bigger fears. I think paranormal or not, that's not something you want to have happen. <laughs> We've often talked about how animals are very sensitive. In our last uh, episode, we spoke about how Haggis wouldn't walk through that cold spot at the haunted hotel that mm -hmm. we, were, we were staying in. Here's another great example. Hi, I'm Josh Vidmar. Um, I've only ever had one event that I consider to be truly paranormal in nature and otherwise impossible to explain. 2016 was what I refer to as the year of hell. A lot changed all at once, and not much of it was for the better, and I found that I had a hard time keeping my head above water. Uh, worst of all, our beloved cat Loaf passed away from FIP. Three days later, I was laid off from my job. Suffice it to say, I was in rough shape. The days that followed were a blur, and I honestly barely remember any of it, just that it was a dark, awful spiral. Until one night. I had somehow managed to fall asleep at a reasonable hour, and had fallen into a deep sleep, much deeper than I'd gotten in a good week. And there was Loaf. We were, for some unknown reason, in the local movie theater, sitting on the floor. He brought me his favorite green spring to throw. He was weird and liked to play fetch until he would get tired. Then he'd curl up in my lap. In the dream, we did just this. Then he stood up, and we were suddenly in the vet's office, um, in the room where we actually put him to sleep. And I could feel, like really feel, him thinking that it was okay, that it was time for him to go. Then the vet came in and there was this incredible bright light beyond the door and the vet herself seemed different. Uh, come to think of it, it may have been the four wings she had. And then they walked out, the door closed, and I woke up. The thing is, as you guys have said innumerable times, brains are dumb. My brain, especially, is not nice to me. So in this time of incredible stress and awfulness, I can't possibly think that anything other than an external force that Loaf himself told could be the one telling me that everything would be okay. And it was. Shortly after, we adopted our kitty Mabel, and I started a job that I still have to this day. Loaf was right. I love the name Loaf. It's a great name. Great name for a cat. Thanks so much, uh, Josh, who is one of our uh, very talented listeners, uh, author of the Stryker novels. Yeah, also uh, a member of the Inner Circle of Freaks on Patreon. Thanks so much. It's not only animals that are more sensitive than, than most people, but children often are as well. And Dominic has our last story. Hi, Ken, Jethro. I have two quick stories for you. They both happened in my parents' room. The first one is when we're, uh, we and my mom were sleeping because my dad was gone, so I was able to sleep with them. And I was sleeping facing the window. And right 
Like a couple feet from, I don't know how far from the bed, there was a black triangle that had flashing um, strolls in it. It was just so weird. I think it was the same night, I don't know, because it happened a while ago. But, and I was looking again over towards the window, and above my mom's lamp, there was a World War One soldier I was wearing a gas mask, and there would be a tube going to like this pouch, and that tube was gone. That's my stories, and I've never had them since then. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Are you my mommy? Oh my god. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Doctor Who reference for y'all. Um, some great stories this year, and again, if we if you sent us one, we didn't get it in uh, one of the two episodes. We'll save it, and uh, perhaps we'll have an opportunity to use it next year or sometime in the future. Please know that we appreciate the effort that you sent. We've just run out of time. Yeah, maybe this is something that we should expand upon. I mean, because we did get so many stories. I don't know, it's just something to think about. Indeed. Have a great Halloween, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Be safe and keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Henceforth, the box of oddities commits to the telling of stories Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoxOfOdditiesPodcast On Twitter at BoxOfOddities And Instagram at BoxOfOdditiesPodcast Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.